0: You are listening to the Brand Architect Podcast, and this is your host, Ani Alexander.
1: Hey, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Brand Architect Podcast. I'm your host, Annie Alexander, and today we have yet another very exciting interview. I'm uh, actually interviewing this person for the second time because... Um, because it's it's you, you'll see you really need to to hear him um hello there uh, johnny andrews in the house welcome johnny
0: what's going on it's been a minute like uh, like you said uh, <laughs> back from the days of publishing and, and whatnot that it's been fun
1: yeah it's been uh what uh, it's been more than it's been probably five years ago six years ago
0: Oh, geez. I don't know. I should check my Twitter feed. That's about how long ago it was when I was. Yeah, 20. I think it's, it's <laughs> so much for you know, Twitter. <laughs>
1: it's been a while. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I I just thought that uh, you would be a really good person to talk to right now about marketing, because, uh, you know, things are changing so fast these days. And uh, you've done so many different things. And I think most of the things that you initiated were successful, because you knew how to market those. So I think like you know, this will be the, the main topic around which we will be discussing stuff. But uh if you wanna give a brief introduction to those who don't know you because uh because back then when I had the podcast, LinkedIn wasn't really something I was involved at and really liked. So I'm sure the LinkedIn audience doesn't, you know, hasn't listened to the podcast before. So for them it's a first start. So Absolutely. let's start over. <laughs>
0: All right. Yeah, I'll give you kind of a top down. So, uh, Johnny Andrews, hey, how you doing? Uh, have been, uh, you know, basically building marketing agencies and whatnot. So the one that uh, uh, I's referring to is Author Platform Rocket. So that's uh, an agency I built. Think we've worked with somewhere between 16 and 19,000 authors, you know, New York Times, USA Today bestsellers, and stuff like that. Uh, done a ton of uh, basic done for you marketing, all sorts of fun services. So, grew and scaled that agency. Uh, recently cloned it, so or that super recently but cloned it because the the tactics and this is kind of what she was talking about where it's like if you know how to do certain key things mm-hmm. uh you can stack the deck in your favor in terms of having uh you know a project work out and so uh, obviously slightly before covid-19 shockingly enough we launched a virtual event company uh that was one face of it and the other face of it uh, does work with, uh, spas and salons. And obviously because people aren't going out right now, we paused the spa and salon, but you'd never guess what happened. The virtual event company has been like blowing up. So that's been a lot of fun. Yeah. That's been, it's been really fun because at the time I was like, well, you know, at some point in the future, these will become more popular. Let's just start now. I had no idea it was going to be within. It's going
1: to be so soon.
0: Yeah. Right, I didn't see that coming, you know. Uh, yeah. So uh, I, you know, I have a a lot of uh, I like to call them ecosystems in the publishing space, and also some that are not in the publishing space that are essentially what I do is I build audiences of buyers and it's an, it, it entertain them. So think of like you know Russell Crowe standing there going, "Oh, you're not entertained." Like that's kind <laughs> of what I do and uh so I'll, I'll build a team around that create standard operating procedures and launch it and so that then led to uh what i was showing you before we jumped on here uh i have a subscription box that went out with that so that was very much uh, subscription-based e-commerce uh that kind of thing built a team around that and then because china went dark uh, in the manufacturing we we paused that so yes you know the, the good old people at the covid 19 factory uh definitely had an impact um but yeah, it's uh, it it's very very interesting, and so I've I've been out finally because the kids are a little more grown up, uh, just doing what I do and and stuff like this and teaching folks how to do things. I even have a webinar this evening uh, that I'm super excited about. I've been putting the the final touches on it, but it's uh, I you know asked everybody, hey, what are you you know because of my platform? I'm like, what's going on? Like, how are you experiencing mm-hmm. all of this insanity? And everybody gave, like, a huge flood of information. It was just absolutely wonderful. So hopefully I'll be able to really help some folks tonight uh, with this because there's a, you know, while, yeah, there's a lot of crazy happening and it's probably going to last a while. At the same time, though, this, you know, if you pace yourself with this, there's a huge opportunity right now to to shift in how you're going to market. Um, And so that's kind of how what I'm teaching and things like that. So there you go. Long-winded, big old thing.
1: I agree. So yeah, it's uh, it's definitely there are opportunities and uh, it's about just, you know, taking a few steps back and trying to, to look objectively at things and try to identify the opportunities. Mm-hmm. So um, you, you mentioned something, you mentioned the keywords there, which was building audiences. Uh, of buyers and and i Mm. think once you have that it's pretty much that's the hardest part to to nail down right and and it feels like based on your experience that the the um, the strategies and and the logic behind how you're doing it is more or less the same in different industries like virtual summits the the Mm. subscription box uh, the audience of authors etc so Someone who who would like to build an audience from scratch. What are the things that he should start from?
0: Oh, that's a great question. So essentially what you want to do, and this is, so, uh, you know, it's not just the authors and stuff. So I had this conversation, I want to say probably every other day with like seven different people. It's and, and it's very specific because when you're you know, because I'm working with a lot of agency owners, consultants, entrepreneurs, that kind of stuff, a lot of people, especially where I live in the Chicago light area, there's a lot of folks who are in startup biotech, which is always interesting. Um, I've learned a lot about uh, medical medical grade tools. It's cool. Um, but everybody every single person out there has the same thing is and especially if you're an entrepreneur, This is a very hard thing to do. And it's taken me a very long time to do it with myself. And that is to focus on one particular vertical in the range of markets Mm -hmm. you can serve. Because I think everybody has had this experience before where they're like, wow, I have an idea or I am able to do something or I have a product or whatever that is. And you're like, oh, I need to go to market with this. And, And the big question is then who? who do I target? Who do I talk to? And so if you look at a lot of the, uh, like the ecosystems that I've had that are very successful, and I'll give you a couple of examples, it's all about shrinking that focus. And it's not, and, and this is a big deal here is almost everybody I talk to like, this is, but, but what about, what about, what about, I'm like, Shh, grasshopper. it's okay. It's going to be fine. You know, it's all about, um, it's all about it, it. You don't exclude them completely. It's just, who are we going to talk to right in the moment? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you can, and, and there's a formula for this. It's stabilize, optimize, expand. If you deviate, like entrepreneurs love to live in the sexy, which is the expand function Yeah, because that's where all the good ideas and all the movement, and the excitement is. And it's where like, you know, getting your hands dirty and fixing the engine, that's the stabilize and optimize part but that's also because people ignore those things. That's why most times people become successful by luck instead of by design, you know? And so that, that's the first part is quiet the lunacy up here for just a moment and say, okay, I can always go to these people over here later, but right now. So for example, I, you know, one of my favorite ecosystems is I love vampire novels. So that sounds really strange to probably business owners, but that is a uh, an ecosystem that is, has grown to become one of the most popular in the world yeah. where it connects uh, paranormal romance readers with the author. So if, if you don't know what that is, just think about like basically Twilight yes. it would be the easiest way uh, to think of that, except for adults. Well, actually, we cater to the whole range of things. And so, you know, we're working with anywhere from three to 9,000 authors in any given thing, depending on what's happening. And it was because I focused just there. I didn't say, Uh oh, I want to go over here and here and here and here and here and ran around in a big circle. I just focused on that one thing. Now, what's nice is the paranormal umbrella, it actually started with vampire novels because that was, you know, hence the name. Thanks, Facebook. Uh, Because if anyone has been around that long, you remember – the 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 call to action headline in your ad had to be the title of the page and so Mm -hmm. that was you know circa 2011 so that's why it's called that and it was actually too narrow of a market so you do run the the risk of that and so i broadened it to all of paranormal romance but that's still extremely narrow you know so that's a huge one and so doing that then uh that that Thing has gone on you know it cooks around you know in six figures a year typically just you know in sales uh with the team running it and all that kind of stuff and then i launched recently a subscription box as i mentioned that was catering to the fan so i had monetized the author end of that and you know just very systematically stabilized optimize, expand very systematically grew the services that we were working with and then finally i was like you know what this is great this is cool we have a team we have systems we have software that's been developed for that what about monetizing the, the the readers like the people actually yeah
1: yeah. yeah yeah
0: and so because we had already had them and i mean that was 2011 now we're in 2020 i launched this uh what midway through or in q4 of 2019 we sold out like it was gone it was nuts um because you know when you know your market and you know what you're doing and you use very systematic processes You can, you tend to be more successful case in point when I wanted to then. And and so what I, what I'm a big fan of doing, and I had mentioned this with the agencies is so I took that, that exact organism, let's call it this ecosystem, organism, however you want to look at it for paranormal romance. I'm like, let's take it into another space. And then over the years, what I've done is cloned that model. So very cookie cutter, like what are the standard, the go-to market standard operating procedures how do you build the infrastructure? How do you train the people to do these things? How do you send the email? Where do you come up with the authors? How do you monetize? And you know, so we have print on demand dropship merch that goes into all of these things. I mean, it's there's a lot, but it didn't all I didn't try to do it all at the same time. I said, I want to go one place and I want to have a conversation with a specific market segment. And when I'm good at that conversation, I'm going to go and I'm going to, you know, see how we can do other things. So Stabilize, optimize, expand. That's if you deviate from that, it's usually expand, expand, expand. Oh God, I'm dead. Like you can't. can't (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so I've, I've now, since I've taken that exact business model, and just, and it's the same thing with the agency. It's like, oh, well, I already have these authors and they're already asking me for things okay, let's talk to them. Let's, let's discover more about that market. And that's kind of where you found me, I think, was when I was sort of in that, um, I had been many years with many ecosystems and also had published a lot of my own stuff too, just yeah. for fun. You know, it was like, yay. Um, and so with the agency, I started it, created one specific thing. So all we did was lead gen and platform development for fiction authors. And then that- Which was something grew.
1: that many couldn't do back then, right? Exactly. I mean, now there are more agencies who who offer mm-hmm. something similar but back then i don't remember many being around
0: no there was absolutely nobody we were like a we were the one show in town kind of thing which was cool and then you know competition makes you you know um evolve and just kind yeah. of get smarter with things and so that's what ended up happening is we became i guess you could say almost weaponized in what we were doing and so that's how we've been able to help so many people hit like usa today new york times uh, wall street journal top of amazon all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we started bringing in, it's like, oh, will these techniques work in you know, other marketplaces? And yeah, it would. So basically, nonfiction authors who are using a book to promote their brand and that kind of stuff. It's like, oh, what we found was this stuff worked even better for them because they had back end products and higher margins. And it's like, oh, look at yeah. this. Yay. And so, just systematically over time, as we sort of discovered where the opportunity was, grew it. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, when you were like, hey, he's here. Um, Once that agency had sort of reached uh, maturity, it was like, okay, let's take the same thing and just clone that business model and put it in a different marketplace. And so what's funny about this is is when we first started doing the virtual events, they were for fiction authors. And Uh, then, yeah, yeah, it was crazy how well they went. Like we had like tens of thousands of registrations for these things because nobody was doing it in that space. There were lots of people doing it in personal development and things, you know, that's, that's all over the place. But because we were able to very quietly and like unmolested kind of learn the process on our own, you know, we Mm -hmm. once again, built the software, built the processes, built the team, built the go-to marketing strategies. And then we were able to then uh, bring that to uh, speakers, authors, coaches, entrepreneurs. Uh, Right now we're actually talking to people in the medical industry uh, because so many things have been shut down there's been so many medical conferences yeah. and just so many conferences in general so you know for like people who do business development yeah, that
1: everyone kind of is moving towards the virtual yeah. uh you know option because mm-hmm. none, none of them can wait until they they know when when things are calming down so so exactly. virtual spiritual conferences and virtual events um uh, you know uh they're there is good and bad about them right in a way that you know because it's virtual you can uh you can reach a much broader audience you're not mm-hmm. you know uh you don't have this uh, geographic limitation and you know people don't don't have to fly to come to you it's it's easier kind of you know to, to get people on board uh but how are you managing the human interaction side of things because many i mean i personally when i go to big conferences uh i don't really go there for speeches or panel discussions i go mm-hmm. there mainly for lunches and coffee breaks and actually you know speaking and meeting people well, so networking event uh, yeah yeah so how do you replicate that side of things in virtual events
0: well you don't perfectly i mean that's that that's the truth and and that's one of the reasons why you know a a virtual conference for someone putting it on typically isn't going to cost two hundred fifty thousand dollars. you know there's no hotel involved there's no floral arrangements and nobody needs a caterer but at the same time the drawback is like you can't you know do the hand kissing baby shaking or backwards i think it's what hand Baby kissing handshake. There we go. It's probably important to get that one right. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I have children too. Terrible product. Anyway, um how do I do it? Basically, you want to like segue into groups. That's a big thing. It it really comes down to sort of like the vibe of social media and where whenever wherever the mm-hmm. eyeballs are. And so yeah. we'll use a very specific process. So obviously it begins with the email registration and then it segues through you know, a couple of different, uh, you know, things and then, uh, we'll typically then say, okay, cool. Here's where we're going to be doing even more live stuff. And people can then hang out and meet each other mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. Is it like going to the bar, having a couple of drinks and and making best friends with like the CEO of something? No, it's not, it just doesn't work that way. Um, and it never will probably until augmented reality catches up uh, to everybody. Mm-hmm. But it's the next best thing. It's as good as, well, I mean, specifically with what's happening now, it's the best it's going to be, Yeah, you know? Um, And so I totally agree. I mean, there's obviously a place, but the big, 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 big draw, not just for the people who are speaking at these things or being featured or whatever it is, but really for everybody, especially the person who's hosting it and putting it on and kind of becoming Mm -hmm. is the... Is the multi-exposure to a new audience because the way these things work, there's there's two ways that they that they play out, uh, and and we insist really on the paid traffic. So whoever hires us for it, is like, okay, what's your ad budget for this thing? Because uh, mm-hmm. that's amusingly enough, what we're super good at is like running lead gen ads to get like incredible responses. Um, so we take care of all that stuff, but what we don't do is we don't rely on the other speakers to be the promotional and yeah. the reason why is because they suck at it mm-hmm. after doing, uh, you know, a bunch, it's, you know, we've done a bunch of these things now and it's uh, without fail, you will find that the other speakers on this, they could be completely well meeting. They'll show up for their live engagement sections. Mm-hmm. They'll pre-record their interviews. They'll do giveaway. They'll, they'll do everything, but only maybe like 20% of them will actually promote. We do push for that. Hundred percent, because that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's great traffic, but there also needs to be that paid component within it. But the beautiful thing about this is, is the 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 size and the engagement of the platform that it builds for the event promoter. Let's call it, is megalithic. So you could take somebody who, you know, doesn't really have any sort of name out there that doesn't really know anybody, and turn them into probably like a mid C level player with one event. And what's mm-hmm. even cooler is, uh, you know, it's usually anywhere from like five to twenty-five thousand people can register for these things. You know, if you're Forbes Magazine and you're doing one of these, like they did recently, it's, it could be a, a couple, few more, as you might imagine. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. But if somebody's on the like the lowest level, you can completely transform your business by doing these things. And so it it really makes a ton of sense right now that it's like, hey, everyone's stuck at home pretty much anyway. Go do your freaking virtual event, whether we do it or anybody else. Who who cares? Just go get it done. This is the time to do these things.
1: So, do you use it? Have you created your own software and platform for this, or you're using some other tools?
0: Uh, I mean, we've built uh, we've built our own stuff using things lying around the house. You know, okay. for example, we have the cup. I'm just kidding. It's uh, a, <laughs> <laughs> we're very industrious people over here. Um, uh, yeah, we've, we, everything's on a WordPress backbone. Oh, you know, okay. why not? 65% of the internet runs off it anyway. Uh, but so we have WordPress a series of- WordPress
1: membership sites. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like exactly.
0: That. So we, you know, if, if, if you're going to do a one where, you know, we typically do like the free into the paid, you know, very mm-hmm. standard process yeah and so yeah uh you know for example like over the years i I have enterprise level licenses of literally everything i mean i've been doing this since 2004 like i know most of the people that built the software that you need to like run a thing so it's like i just bought it when they first launched it and so this is one of those nice things where it's like you can save probably ten thousand dollars in just the the software needed to do Uh this um And so, yeah, we're in the process of building sort of a dashboard, but that's more of an administrative function uh, with this kind of thing. I don't know if it it. would necessarily benefit like a person doing it.
1: Mm -hmm. Got it. Uh, So, I mean, you you mentioned, um, I I guess it will be kind of, you know, Stupid to ignore the elephant in the house uh, and and uh, the whole situation with with um, coronavirus and everything else and how it changing people's everyday life uh, as well as businesses as you mentioned mm-hmm. some of your businesses had to pause because of the situation some of them legit grew exponentially because of the demand and all that stuff I mean uh, luckily you had a diversified so you know one went up the other one went down it's fine it's good Uh, many people kind of you know have to make big adjustments because of the situation so um, and one of the biggest adjustments they are making is uh, apart from looking at their business at the model at at finding out these opportunities that are emerging and you know finding out ways Mm to reduce the the damage it's causing at the moment, they are also looking at how they should change their marketing strategies. So uh, what do you think we should look at? Like, how should we adjust our marketing efforts? Because many uh, think that continuing marketing is insensitive at these days. Uh, On the other hand, if you pause everything and do absolutely nothing, it's, it's also very kind of risky. Uh, what is it that you should look at and how do you actually modify and adjust your marketing these days?
0: Well, I mean, what's funny about this is the answer is yes, because they're both right. Um, you know, doing standard marketing of like, we're so sorry about the coronavirus and you know what will make you feel better? A new car!
1: Like, 25% off. F-
0: hey, 25% <laughs> off. We'll even throw in the wheels for free. Come on down. Everyone's wearing a hazmat suit like that kind of bs is completely stupid you know you have to i had this conversation literally with an agency owner yesterday um huge personal platform she has and it was one of those things where she was having a tough time like well what are the messages i'm like well who are you talking to and that's what you have to start looking at it's exactly what i said before is first of all understand what's going on you uh wow my computer just went to sleep give me a second Evidently, it doesn't see you as a, as an activity. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm anyway, too <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, you're too chilled out. You got you to <laughs> yourself up on something. Uh, so yeah, what you want to do here is, is look at who it is that you're talking to and then kind of just take a moment and say, Oh, what are their needs? Like, for example, tonight, uh, I asked some folks as they're coming in, I typically poll the humans. And lots of really, really good information. And so, for example, one of them is an IT consulting company, and they're having a lot of trouble uh, trying to figure out what to talk about, what to say, what to do in yeah. this kind of thing. Because, obviously, the employees are at home. And so you have there, there's a double pivot that has yeah. to happen. But the first thing that has to happen is don't freak out, you. I see you right there. I'm looking at the person in the camera. Don't freak out. It's going to be all right. Um what you want to do is take is pause a moment and say, "Okay, what's going on, and how can I become a resource to these people?" Mm-hmm. And so, for example, uh, you know, a lot of businesses are going to be hit financially, or are being hit financially. You know, just yeah. in America, uh, you know, I think it's very true that most people live paycheck to paycheck. <clears throat> That's kind of a known thing. And so, if you are in a position where you need to communicate. To these folks it's going to be a you need to be able to broadcast this information and talk to them it's like listen uh maybe you need some money here's how you could do it for example the sba the small business association they are uh the government right now is just first of all the fed lowered the interest rate to, i think it's negative at this point uh i heard mm-hmm. something about that recently i have i'll have to check that but i know it's at least zero if not negative whatever because of this, because of all of these, stimu- these stimulus packages, there's something called an SBA express loan that you, uh, entrepreneurs and business owners are able to apply for that is not collateralized up to 300,000. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, there's some extenuating circumstances. I am not a financial guy. I'm just reporting the news. But that might be something to look at because, you know, lenders are being in you know they're being pushed by the fed by the government to start giving out money this is probably once again a megalithic opportunity to get the funding that you've always wanted i'm not completely totally true not under the best circumstances but think about this like what would it mean to your business if you could qualify for a $300,000 loan that gets paid out over 30 freaking years think about that like most lenders in a small business kind of situation Uh, there, I I won't name the companies obviously, but there's some that are like loan sharks where if you look at the, uh, you know, it's like, it starts paying back weekly and there's one of them that is, it's a monthly payback. But the, if you look at the, the, the APR, it's like 88%. I'm like, what kind of like, will you just send like Guido over here to kneecap me if I don't make a payment? Like, dude. And so I've made it like, this is part of what I've been looking at is, you know, over the, over the years, is like, oh. You always want to go get your get the availability of funding when you don't need it. And this mm-hmm. is, that's a big, big, big thing. And so to get back to your question, what are you talking about? I mean, think about what I'm talking about now. There's a lot of people that aren't aware of this that are like completely in tailspin mode yeah. who have no idea what to do because they're customer-based right up I'm just like, I get that. Okay, here's how we do it. Number one, let's go get you some money go like here's here's a bunch of resources so what would that mean to your customers you know if you're if you're somebody who does coaching and consulting or whatever it is or if you're an agency you're like hey i know there's a ton of stuff but it's like here's some solutions and so the big ones are going to be like how do you deal with expenses right now like if you have payroll but you have no income what does that look like because part of the agreement that you make with these with with these uh you know the sba and whatnot is that you're not going to fire your employees
1: Mm -hmm. You yeah. know,
0: that's, which I'm like, okay, I get that. That's cool. Um, and you could get more than 300,000, obviously, and, and things like that. Uh, but that would be a conversation. So if you're in any market where you're B2B, that's probably something that you want to me- maybe mention. And you can do that in a way, like right now, what what we have the ability to do is to start having cooler conversations outside of buy my stuff with our marketplace. Mm-hmm. and the reality is that if you play your cards right number 1 don't freak out number 2 focus number 3 how can you help them even if your hair's on fire and you're hemorrhaging like crazy how can you help them now gets to be the crazy piece is how can you deploy this information not just as like content but as content mm-hmm. that builds an audience All right. Now this is the big difference. This is why you see so many bloggers who are amazing writers and put out tons of content and they're totally broke is they've completely missed this piece. Yeah. The content that you put out has got to pull people into your pixel farm where you can then retarget them. So this is actually, I'm talking about content that is used as sequential paid ads. And I know a lot of people when they, when they hear advertisements, they think buy my stuff, but this is not it. Think about Facebook. Like facebook is not social media anymore it's social advertising and that's a key fundamental switch Mm -hmm. uh that that a person needs to make however you know linkedin right now is wide open if you put out great content it's going to go it's going to do people will discover and they will discover it organically and that's lovely the problem is that you can't you're not building an audience and so there's no Mm follow-up on this And so what you're, and this is something, like I said, I'm going to be talking, I'm literally talking about all of this stuff this evening. Uh, But there is a a systematic process that I call target softening. That is uh, this particular thing can be used as tip of the spear where you run these micro contents and then retarget the people that are consuming at a certain level. Mm -hmm. And you build that audience because the thing is you need to get in front of people more than once. Your competition is just like, you know, if you're a business consultant and you deal with, say, Fortune 500 companies, there's about a billion of you. And so, yeah, those people are competition. But your bigger competition is the world itself. It's dinner. It's that the car broke down. It's that, you know, um, the spouse is angry about something. Yeah. yeah, All that stuff. TikTok now. What the heck? It's crazy. Um, (laughs) I love TikTok, by the way. It's so fun. But uh I knew you would. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. It's it's just like oh I'm getting I'm like I'm doing it now, and my last two videos almost got six people to watch them. Like I'm figuring it out. But it's Mm -hmm. uh that that's what you want to do is shift your mindset away from buy my stuff because here's what happens. I think we can all sort of as just a society accept the fact and believe this phrase that people buy more from those they know, like and trust. Yeah. Now if you overlay that with another fact that is if you're not selling if, if you're not doing what you want to be doing in your business the typically the number one reason for that is because nobody knows who you are. So if you think about yeah. this it's like oh I'm unknown or little known because you're not Tony Robbins or Oprah or something. And people buy from those they know like and trust. Now let's think about a situation where let's say you're selling something to somebody and they are not really, they're not really on the fence about it. They're not quite sure what you're trying to communicate. They don't really know if they like you and they're not sure if the price is going to be worth it. All right. That's a stupid situation to be in. Cause now you're like, please buy from me. You could reverse that entire process. Uh-huh. And the reason we do content like this, I call it conversational conversion. It's not content marketing. It's conversational conversion. It's like, what is the conversation you want to have with your very specific buyer and you break it up into bite-sized chunks and you follow them around with it. And uh-huh. so familiarity breeds um, you know awareness. People, oh look, I'm not obscure anymore. People have seen a, a ton of me. And yeah. eventually those people are going to start watching your content or reading your content. When they do that, you follow them up with you follow up with the next piece. This could be done for like a dollar a day too, which is crazy. And you could build what, uh-huh. what happens is you stop fighting with all of the other people. And you suddenly become, and I have so many pictures for this. I'm like, so have spent like literally almost a month building graphics that actually detail all of the crazy things I'm talking about. Um, yeah, so that, that that's how that works. You don't want to do just content marketing. You don't want to just get out there and be kind to people. You want to be kind with a direction and a purpose and an outcome. And you know, to
1: the right audience. Like, exactly. but this is why it's so important to niche it down, right? Because then you'll tailor all your messages and they become relevant right. and they become about stuff right. they care about and stuff like that. Exactly.
0: And because when you do this, what ends the the natural conclusion is uh, that number one, your cost for advertising lowers dramatically because yeah. you're not going in there with a buy my stuff. Like, I was looking at lead costs because one of the slides I'm going to be showing today uh is is just about like it's what tw- it's like 50 to 300 depending on especially b2b i'm like oh my god and using this these sequences and i show the before and after it's like oh here's what we did when we sent it to cold like it's targeted traffic but they don't know us from a hole in the ground and the mm-hmm. and the lead cost was on the low end it was i was pretty i was pretty happy with it like 29 bucks 23 bucks 50 bucks. And I'm like, here's what happens when you run it through a sequence like this started at eight, went to five. I'm not going to give you the big one, but it's like 1% of what most people are paying to get the exact same result. And then if you look at the CPA, like the cost to acquire a buyer, I mean, in the box world, I did this same tactic. And I mean, we were getting buyers of a $55 subscription for like 88 cents. Wow. You know, it's that's like most cool. people are gonna. Most people need to run these things, where uh, you know they're hoping that the person sticks around for three months so they can break even. I'm like, yeah. I don't care. I'll spend money all day on this because I'm profitable the minute they decide to buy it. Like that's the difference, you know. And 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 the the opportunity right now is to be able to have that conversation. Everyone's at home. The distraction is super obvious. Disease. <sighs> you know stick with the narrative you're fine like everything's going to be like and here's the thing life is going to resume at some point 3 months 6 months it's yeah. not going to be a, we we know it's not going to be a week but it's going to be within,
1: within And we also year. know it's not going to be forever anyway so yeah exactly, exactly. so, so sometimes
0: sometimes we're going to get out of it tomorrow and the end of time life will continue and so what you want to do is you have a, you have a choice to make. Do you want to be the one who's front of mind with your business, with your customers and your prospects and your marketplace? Uh Because the answer is you either do this or you fade into obscurity and people forget who you are. And it, it, you either go out of business or whatever. So hopefully I've, you know, hopefully this has made sense. So number one, go get some money. It's everywhere right now. The government's backing it and it's like the closest thing to free you'll probably ever see. Uh, and number two, do not stop advertising. Holy freaking crap. Um, you, instead of, but you don't want to, you want to shift your model and your marketing to not be and tone deaf to what's yeah. happening. Yeah. You do those two things. You're going to be just fine.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Now, completely makes sense. Uh, absolutely. For me, the biggest challenge from everything that you've told me about is uh, that thing like niching down and understanding What you actually, you know, who you actually want to serve, right? Which audience do you want to niche down and stick to? Because that's the universal problem. Mm -hmm. that's it's very very hard for me uh i just can't really uh i don't know i mean it's it's very hard first of all to decide and second after you've decided to stick long enough to that Mm -hmm. same decision so i've been like you know you you know me in the in the the past five years i've been all over the place so that's uh that's the tricky part but then once you decide that and stick around for long enough and and follow the the model and follow the thing which is very logical actually it absolutely makes sense all the puzzle pieces get together then uh yeah i mean i know many people who are uh, uh who are around who do this and it it always works as as you said it always works in di- for different audiences the the principle is the same uh, and uh, yeah it, it works just fine so i guess mm-hmm. uh it's just about uh, figuring out who you want to serve uh, uh, ideally it should be just like in your case you you want to serve people that you you are, are about something that you're really passionate about so you know you want to get bored after a year or two um so yeah well here's actually sense. let me
0: let me help you with a with another piece of that because i do also you know being that i am an entrepreneur suffer from that problem and i get bored super easy which is why i have 27 wives i'm kidding. i don't um <laughs> No, what happens is when I go into these situations with an end game of what is my exit, and so I've dramatically transitioned from I want to be the alpha and the omega of this business to I need to create operating procedures, I need to create. KPIs, so SOPs and KPIs, standard operating procedures and key performance indicators. So what that means is, and I'll give you the exact example that I used when we were going into the spa and the salon market. So I knew that they, you know, spas and salons have very lucrative uh, offerings. Uh, For example, we'll just use microblading. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but it's like where you get the, what is it? The permanent, semi-permanent makeup. Oh, for yeah. an eye okay. for an eyebrow kind okay. of thing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. My wife has it. Don't tell her
1: I told you. Isn't it strange that you know <laughs> that and I don't?
0: There you go. But yeah. it's uh so it's Come like, on. okay, those things start like in, in, you know, those are five to seven or eight hundred dollar processes, depending on where you are. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, let's see if we can use the same techniques that we're using for these authors to be able to get them new clients. And mm. <clears throat> So uh, what I did was I put together a very specific sequence. It's like, okay, we're going to need leads. So you look, okay, if I want to bake a cake, I can't do it with like, you know, okra and gumbo. I got to get like the right things to make a cake. So if you want to have a business, you have to have who's your market, where are you going to get the leads? And then what are you going to say to those leads? And then what are you going to sell them when people finally decide to pay attention to you? You also want to go into a target-rich environment because, and this is very important. I don't ask the question, "Oh, this, you know, how amazing this is going to be? I'm going to be rich." I look at this and I ask a completely different set of questions. It's like, how badly can I screw this up and have it still be amazing? You know, and if you can mm-hmm. whittle down your business model to like a fraction of one percent, like a lot of people are like, "Oh, if I could just get one percent market share." like, really? How about a tenth of a percent? Are you running a $7 million company at like a tenth of a percent market share? If the answer is yes, you're heading in the right direction. Okay, so here's how this works in one particular vertical. So what I wanted to be able to do was we had to have a reach out system for these spas and salon owners. And so I went and I built a system that was able to extract these leads. And then we sort of, you know, dumped them into a Google sheet. And I created like, okay, what do I need to do here? Like, how do I get in front of them? So I wrote templates for Uh cold email reach out. And then we also know that it's not about the first, it's about multiple points of contact. So how often, here's that, here's all the standard operating procedure. And then I did it 40 times because what I know about myself is that I've been doing this long enough. I'm going to see the cracks. So I wanted to do this and like, is this workable? And I ended up adjusting Uh it. it was taking when I started based on what I thought was a good idea, it was taking like two and a half to four minutes per salon to number one, figure out if they had the services that we could sell. Cause we weren't able to do like nail salons cause it's too cheap. You know, it's, there's not enough money in there. We'd have to get them like 12,000 new customers, which is completely illogical. Yeah. Whereas if their profit margins were five to 600 bucks, you know what we're doing? Okay. At that we can get them, you know, a handful we, we could promise them a minimum guarantee And drive, just drive that needle home. So I created that stuff and I went out and I reworked the process as I was doing it and went from a couple of minutes down to like 29 seconds. I'm like, now we've got it. So I had to adjust the message, the kind of custom stuff that was going into it. And what that allowed me to do, so because I invested my time Mm -hmm. into this, what would have happened had I not done that is I would have handed that off. And then yeah. I'm furious because we didn't hit minimum the KPI, the key performance indicator. I want to have 400 cold reach outs per day, minimum. That's the floor. And because I did what I did and got that process down, now I can hand this off to someone that only costs me 3 to $5 an hour. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. so it's like my got speed it. is up, my cost is down, and I know exactly the outcome that I want. I know exactly the how to do cold it. Cold
1: outreach though. How do you do the cold outreach so you don't sound like a douchebag?
0: Um, you t- you technically can't. I think cold outreach is always douchey. Like you just have to accept that fact because uh, you kind of get back to the reality that you need to be in a target rich environment. Um, but here's there actually is a way to do this and it's what I was talking about earlier with those sequences, with the mm-hmm. target softening sequences. What you can do, which I did not, I typically go to market like that, but in this particular case, I wanted to have, because my goal was to have a more personal, uh, non slightly non douchey, but more aggressive because there were phone calls involved mm-hmm. and things yeah. like that. I wanted to be able to go to market in just a different way. Cause the, the, the goal was to say, okay, within a 60 day period, if we're contacting 400 salons a day for five days you know, five days a week, what are my numbers going to start looking like? And so Mm -hmm. sure enough, within a, within about a week, we saw that, you know, it's like, okay, cool. So we're at the, you know, half a percent of those reached out end up turning into, oh, I'd like more information or, oh yes, call me. Mm -hmm. So that was good. That was good. Um, But to your point, you know, the rest of them were, man, and that's why you want to target rich environment because you're going to get the finger more than you get the thumb. Hopefully that makes sense to everybody. Keeping it all PG. Um, (laughs) You have to be prepared for that because if you're not prepared for an inordinate amount of rejection, you're not going to win. Like you're not going to make it very long. Because it doesn't matter what you sell.
1: How does it impact the brand though? And the brand reputation, because like many people are worried about cult, um, cult calls and cult emails because they, mm-hmm. they believe that it's damaging the brand reputation because the brand doesn't look very good. Like, you know, when when people's mm-hmm. uh, first interaction with, with your brand is that.
0: Oh, well, then very simply do the first thing that I said, which is run a target softening sequence directly into that marketplace. If you want to reduce the cost, I would suggest geographically targeting it. And so what you do Mm -hmm. is I would say probably go and interview a couple of people that you're targeting and figure out what their biggest needs are. And then in so far as you're able to provide for that as an agency, I would then start going and running these target softening sequences into that marketplace. Like for example, on Facebook, you can very easily target owners or people that Mm -hmm. work at salons. And if you want to get even tighter with that, do it in a place like California, where I think there's like what is it i think there's 16 salons per every four people it's a crazy ratio mm, okay <laughs> no it's oh, uh, but there's a lot of them there's <laughs> a lot of them down there um and that that's how you do that and what you do is you spend a month doing that before you do anything else and then what you do is mm-hmm. you retarget the people who are consuming this content because you're putting content out that the people who are going to the salon aren't going to be interested in you're putting it out that the people you want to talk to. So if you want to talk to like, for example, if I was trying to get into uh, the manufacturing space, if I was going to try to do something in there, let's say I had an it uh, company that was going to do something crazy, like, uh, you know, manufacturing, like uh, automation, like create Mm -hmm. specific things that talk to like 11,000 different machines that work through the whole process all the way through. So like when somebody orders something on a website, The signal cuts through all of that stuff, goes through the manufacturing process, talks to all those machines, gets all the, you know, the checks and balances and then shows up on a truck. And there's there's companies that do this. Like, I don't know. Um, That's a lot. Like, that's a lot. Um, But if I was in that kind of company, there's no way in hell I'd go to market with a cold email. Mm -hmm. I would run target softening sequences first, and then I would start to call them you know, and I would follow, and, and I would follow up with them, or I would then run the target softening sequence, build that audience, and then bring them into something where I get to present a little bit longer. Cause with target mm-hmm. softening, it's usually bite-sized content. You know, it's, it's usually 30 seconds to five minutes, maybe seven sometimes the, the little chuckles, but if you yeah. want to, if you, if you want people to know who you are, and be ready for your call. Uh, And I'll tell you how well this stuff works is I started doing this for my own consulting and within 24 hours had people hit me up on Instagram asking how much I was to work with. Like this does not take a long time. You know, it could be minutes, literally within two to seven days, you're gonna start seeing. And the the problem I think a lot of people have is that they don't even have that kind of patience, which is sad.
1: Yeah. they're looking for a magic button just you know to push it and get results immediately which is uh,
0: yeah, yeah it's called invest in, invest in uh, crypto i think that's what you told me earlier right
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. invest in crypto and get a lumbo, yeah more or less <laughs> yeah, I love it. no no but on, on a serious note though so, i mean when i when i'm just Thinking about the whole picture, I think, yes, nailing down the niche, nailing down the people that you want to talk to and the message you mm-hmm. want to say to them. And then, you know, creating the content conversations accordingly is kind of, you know, would you say that that's the foundation base you have to absolutely figure out first before going further to developing the SOPs and and the rest of it?
0: Yeah, it's definitely a journey. Um, y- 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 the mi- Well, here's the thing that sounds real calm and well put together. And I like it. I wish life worked that way. But in reality, (laughs) it's everything when everything when you start is a hot mess, like it is just running into walls, because the skeletal structure of what I'm talking about will work everywhere, I, I have yet to see a situation where that is not the case. However, the skin that you're putting on that skeletal structure. So you're right. It's like, what is the conversation? Who am I targeting? But even within that, you're going to make mistakes and you're going mm-hmm. to, you know, you're going to have things that just don't work the way that you want them to work or that you'd hope they would work differently. And here's the reality. Yeah. Get over it. You know, you learn something. It, you know, it's the whole thing about what, what was that uh, Edison and a light bulb or something. It's like yeah. I didn't do 1800 of these things. I figured out 1800 ways not to make a light bulb. It's like good for you, man. All right. <laughs> But there are no failures. There's only next. It's like, what do you do? And when you get knocked not if but when, get back up and say, okay, you know, where'd the punch come from? Oh, over here. Next time, I know it's coming. Duck. So when is a the good person.
1: question? Because you know, sometimes uh, what is very tricky for many people is when you do something and you don't see results, you don't really know whether you don't see the results because you didn't stick to it for long enough to see them coming, or, you know, you're doing it completely wrong and no matter how long you stick it to, you know, to that thing, you know, it's still not going to work and it's time to pivot. Like, how do you, I mean, how do you make this decision? Like, is it because you're doing something wrong
0: or- Um, Well, there's a couple of of things that. The most important thing that you can do in your business is hire someone to help you from the beginning. Go get a coach. Go get a mentor who has been doing this for a long time in whatever. Like, for example, with the subscription box, I hired not one but two people. Mm-hmm. Before I did that, like, uh, you know, and, and I did not do everything that they told me to do because I didn't agree with either one of them on everything. <laughs> you know, it's like I like i had been doing things for way longer. And so you're paying
1: them started. to disagree?
0: <laughs> I, sometimes, yeah. Like, but then again, I've been doing this for a super long time. So I was like, you know what? I don't really necessarily agree with this. Um, but that but but to give you an idea. The fastest way to get to the end result you want to get to without having to go through all of that crap is pay someone to do it because, and here's the question that I, you know, pay someone to help you take you like John Lee Dumas. All right. Entrepreneur on fire. The reason he got to be where he was is because he hired someone who was in the space who not only showed, like said, listen, don't listen to any of this garbage. Here's the things you do. And he did those things. And then he took his work ethic that he developed probably just because he's like that, but also because he came out of the military But if he had not hired that coach, he wouldn't be where he is today Mm -hmm. for the very simple reason that he would still be trying to figure it out. You don't need to figure it out. There are people out there that, you know, and and the big question is, well, that's expensive. It's like, how expensive is your failed business? How expensive is laying waste? How expensive are years of your life lost to not being able to figure it out? when right there in front of you is a person who can help you that that sort of thing and i know that sounds like how do you find them though
1: Uh, how do you find them though because i have this differentiator of like Mm -hmm. i i there are people who are so so so-called influencers and then there are people who are not so well known but they are real experts and they know their stuff Mm -hmm. right so there are like people who have these personal brands, they are well-known, everyone knows about them, but they're not specifically the people who know that stuff really that well. They just have the name and the visibility. And then mm-hmm. there are people who are way better to hire, but simply they are not really so famous. So you may not know about them. How do you go about this? Because, you know, again, yes, it's, you know, it's, it may be expensive, it's definitely worth it, but how do you make sure that you're paying to the right person?
0: Uh, well, for example, when I hired the two people for the box, I just looked at the two people that were putting out content that I kind of understood. And so in my world with that, I already had a nice enough, like groundwork for all Mm -hmm. of it, just business systems in general, the psychology behind it. So I'm like, okay, I get it. I probably wouldn't hire anyone. And this is going to sound really bad. I don't know if I would necessarily unless there's a, a lot of circumstances behind it and a lot of like stuff past it. I would probably hire someone a little bit older who's probably had their ass handed to them on a couple of occasions. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to you want to find someone who's been punched in the teeth by the situation who's had success to some degree. Like, for example, I'm, I'm not the guy that can help someone build like a multi-billion dollar company. Like, I just, I don't know. And honestly, I don't care. Like, so it's, it's, you know, but getting to, you know, several million. Yeah, absolutely. That kind of thing. That's fine. Um, systems, processes, hiring procedures, all those kinds of things look for what, and, and this is actually one of the the big reasons why, uh, because I, of course, I have a mentor And uh, one of the things he told me recently, which is why I'm kind of, you know, getting out there and doing more of these things is, uh, you know, I, uh, because back in the day, I used to travel all over the world, speak on stage, do all this kind of stuff, and then got married, had a kid. And it was like, had to shut all that down because I was traveling 11 months out of the year. Mm -hmm. And so it's been a very interesting place, but I also got very comfortable not being the face of the business Mm -hmm. sort of thing, you know, because I am not the face of paranormal romance at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's never gonna happen. I, you know, I try to go to the gym, but that's not I'm not that guy. But um, so one of the things that he was talking about, because every now and then when I do step out and do this stuff, the the thing that I hear is like, where was this information three years ago? Where were you five years ago when I started my my company kind of thing? And so what what he was pushing me to do was he's like, you got to stop hiding behind your businesses and your family. Like, you have to go out there and do this. Look for people. I don't know. It's, it's, it's sort of an interesting look for people who have suffered to get where they are.
1: Uh You
0: don't want someone who is like, you don't want someone who had it easy getting there. Um, I guess you could say, you know, who's, who's probably failed, who's picked themselves up, who is, who has made the mistakes that you're looking for. And don't be afraid to ask those kinds of questions. You don't just want to look at, oh, wow. You seem to be like, oh, you're a lead generation expert. Okay, cool. How? And also, and this is really hard, is, is you want someone who has like a length and breadth of wisdom and knowledge and hands on tangible stuff. Yeah. That, that they're going to be able to say, I don't think I'd go that way. Like, for, I'll give you an example. Uh, I was, I, I was there's there was a new, well, at least there was, I'm sure it'll come back, uh, but there was a new sort of fitness craze that was starting to sweep the nation. And it was all about stretching. Mm -hmm. You would go to a place, and a professional would like stretch you out. I totally see the allure. Like I can barely move, so I'm like, yeah, I could probably use that. Well, I was speaking to someone who lives around here, Mm -hmm. and you know, we were just talking about this kind of thing. And you know, they've been pretty successful. They have clients and all that. And I'm like, what's your go-to market strategy? And he he was like, oh, well, yeah, what we're going to do is we're going to go to we're going to go to Boston and this place and that place and we're going to open these things up. I'm like, Whoa, dude. Um, cool. I like the idea, but are you profitable at your first place yet? And he was Uh like, what are you talking about? I'm like, well, uh, do you have like standard operating procedures in place for like how you're going to open up one of these places? Uh What do you, what do you mean? I'm like, well, think about it. Like a, like a, uh, you know, a big gym, you know, uh, I can't even think of one right now, which is hilarious. Like, you know, lifetime fitness. I bet you. I'll bet you all the money I have that there is a team of people that they have, you know, that they've spent a ton of money and they they've invested in the infrastructure that they know exactly what they're going to do when they move into a new marketplace. Yeah, pretty sure. I'm like, so just because you're a you're a mom and pop shop, you want to expand, you better know what you're doing, and also you better be profitable at the first place. Like, make the first thing work before. You live in the sexy of the expand, so stabilize, optimize, expand. And it was like, you could just jot like, (laughs) pick yourself up, you know, but that's the kind of stuff is like, you need to work with somebody who's going to be able to call you out on that crap. And that does not care because the, the, the thing is, it's like, yeah, I could have made a friend, but I probably didn't (laughs) know who knows. Uh, but you know, you want to, you want to make sure that, that somebody who, who's going to be able to like tell you that when you're screwing it up yeah. and not just have an opinion, but also be able to back that up kind of stuff. So it's, uh, and, and here's the, but the, the true, true, true deepest reality of this is if you're going to hire some, you're going to screw up, you will. And that's part of the learning curve is that this is the most important investment you're going to make in your business Yeah, is getting someone who can help you get to where you want to go because you're going to shrink time like let's say for example if you're going to learn it yourself let's let's pretend you'll be successful that's going to take three to five years but if you have a mentor that's done this already that can take you one year or less yeah you know true so but also at the same time you might hire the wrong person okay well you might also hire the wrong person to handle your inbound phone calls you might also hire the wrong person to manage your customer service. You might also, you will. Like yeah. these are just like, people are so terrified of making a mistake that it's paralyzing to them so many, so often.
1: Yeah. So they end up doing
0: nothing as a result. Right. The, yeah,
1: that's
0: true. So what I learned how to do, like I said, is I'll just hire two of them. You know, there, it's like, do it that way. Like find two people in the space and neither one, 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 one of, 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 of them, them
1: will, will be good enough. Right. right
0: and so what I did was I brought them you know to my house and I tied their hands together and then put a knife in the middle of the floor and I made a fight for it the winner would be my coach (laughs) I get it a lot of blood
1: okay well uh we've been talking for about an hour I didn't even notice the time fly by so that's
0: that's my fault
1: (laughs) it's okay tell me um what's next so you kind of felt what's coming you didn't know it but you you had envisioned this virtual summit thing so what do you think will be the next thing coming we should pay attention
0: like i said i was i was probably six weeks ahead of this virus uh just in general because i had so much going on in in china when all that was going down so i you know i i made some I, i think i made some prudent decisions early that buffered against a lot of those problems that you know where people were blindsided by them um what i think is going to happen next is that this, this is going to be going on for a while and i think that it's going to be a lot like 9-11 was in america where air travel changed completely after that happened now it's back a little bit more to su- super kind of you know it's like they got over being su- really stupid about like taking off your pants when you have to go through a metal detector mm. and yeah it was ridiculous, like i couldn't I couldn't handle that. they would you know they uh, just everything about it was awful, but they finally you know now but here's what's funny about it they put like way, they went way too far on one on the side of like caution, and everybody knew it was complete garbage, but now they've pulled it all back, but you have to pay for it, and so you could enter this known traveler program, so I'm hoping because I know something globally is gonna happen with this where there's gonna be like a nasal swab at every, you know, airport, but, you know, as you're moving between countries and things like that, because, so something is going to occur. Governments are going to overstep. There will be regulations put in place. uh, And the other piece of it is people might be okay with it because, you know, the news is nuts and they've, everyone's gotten freaked out about it. Mm -hmm. So just from that kind of thing, I would expect that kind of stuff more of like a socioeconomic political kind of thing. But when it comes to businesses, the one thing that you can count on is human resilience. And and what will happen, especially if this whole stay home, you know, social distance yourself kind of thing continues to happen is people are going to figure out ways of getting back to some version of their normal. Uh And that means commerce is going to start again. You know, community is going to be healed. And things like that. So, like, right now, we're all still handling the shock of it all. Yeah. You know, but if you just look at what people do, people are going to do what people are going to do. And so keep your eyes open, because when that happens, it won't be business as usual, but it'll be like, all right, we're selling again. But in the meantime, you need to know who you are, who you serve, and get out there in front of them and help them and build that audience because what'll happen is if you don't, you're toast. If you do, you now get to be the voice that they all hear when it's time for them to like open up their wallets and things like that. So that's yeah. what I think is going to happen.
1: Yeah, makes sense. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. It was really Thanks fun to on. catch up. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely stay connected. Thanks a lot.
0: All right, have a good one.
1: Thank you so much for listening. This was all that I had for you today. I truly appreciate every single one of you. If you really enjoyed the episode, uh, please uh, subscribe to the podcast and leave a review because that will help the podcast grow, which means that more people who actually need that kind of content and uh, knowledge will be able to discover it and listen to it as well. And if you're one of those who actually um, want to build and grow your online brand, uh, please feel free to contact me uh, on my website, Anniealexander.com and let's see if I can help you with that. That's all. Please stay safe and stay home. And hopefully this situation will be resolved uh, soon and we'll get out of this much stronger. Take care. See you in the next episode. <coughs>